There's a lot to know in this business. Do not be intimidated by that. Network and partner with people who know more than you or who could provide to you the strengths that you're lacking. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode, I want to ask you, do you have a strategy right now where you are getting leads that come into your inbox while you're sleeping? Do you have a strategy where you are optimized with both Google AdWords and SEO, search engine optimization? If not, then guess what? Today's your lucky day. We've got a free strategy session just for you, and it's with Dan Barrett. If you recognize his name, he was a guest on episode 565, and he is the only certified Google partner agency that works exclusively with real estate investors. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy and get a free strategy session to learn with him how to implement an online strategy for your market in both SEO and Google AdWords. Go to adwordsnerds.com forward slash strategy. Best effort listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. And we don't get into any fluffy stuff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. With us today, we have Krista Testani. I love saying your last name. Krista <laughs> is a principal and managing yeah, partner. with a flair. Yeah, you. saying it with a flair. <laughs> she is the principal managing partner at Sharp Line Equity Real Estate Investments. Their focus is apartment communities and single family rentals. Well, first off, hi, Krista. Hey, Joe. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Nice to talk to you on the phone and looking forward to diving into the interview a little bit more about Krista. She has been involved in the acquisition of 164 units in four states with purchases close to $5.5 million. She began real estate in 2009 with single family home and in 2012 transitioned to multifamily. Holy cow, that is like a mirror of exactly my career too. I bought my first single family home in 2009 and I transitioned to multifamily in 2013. What? I think I'm not sure from what our mutual friend said, but I think you propelled into multifamily possibly after going to a Chris Urso event because I'm one of his students. So Chris Urso, who's also been a guest on the show, he is in multifamily investing I've been to a couple of his events I, when, I, when I was living in New York City. I was already in multifamily when I went, but I took away like five pages of notes from each of those events. So really good stuff. But this is where our paths go in different directions. You have a law degree. <laughs> you're much smarter than I am. You have a law degree from Brooklyn Law School, and you're based in Long Island, New York, which is a whole lot different from where I'm from, Fort Worth, Texas. Big cultural difference, but good people in both places, I know, because I've been there. You can say hi to Krista and learn more about her company at sharplineequity.com. Now, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? As you very comprehensively said, I started out single family flipping and I transitioned into multifamily. My background is law and did that for a number of years, but being a lawyer is hard work, as is most jobs I've ever had, but I didn't have a passion for it. I kind of learned pretty quickly 
after graduating that I didn't love what I was doing and I kind of just jumped around in different specialties and really at a certain point started really looking into real estate and liking the idea of being in real estate in some capacity and I took a leap of faith in 2009 and I just quit my career cold turkey. Yeah, I know. That's what my husband said. Wow. Is that all he said or did he have some more words for you? <laughs> very, very supportive guy. I got to plug my husband for a second. Very supportive guy, Lou Testani. So I quit cold turkey and actually I partnered up with him and a few of his friends. They're firemen. So I think you can kind of already guess that they're into hands-on stuff, the firemen, construction, cooking by the way, they cook well too, but <laughs> we ended up forming a, a partnership and we started the single family flips on Long Island in 2009. There was a huge pipeline of foreclosures on the island and we jumped into that right away. But very shortly after that, I really started to feel the squeeze. The pipeline started drying up. A lot of things were happening in that market and it didn't seem to be as lucrative as it started out to be. And I had this vision of scaling bigger and bringing in investors. And at that time, doing the single family flips, it was just our own money or going to hard money, but I wasn't bringing investors into the world. And I wanted to scale my business bigger and bring investors in the world and did not have a clue as what the next step was. And then I crossed paths with Chris Erso, sat in on one of his presentations, signed up immediately. My claim to fame will be, I was one of his very first students in his education platform, and I ended up being coached and mentored by him for a year. His program is a year long. And from there, I catapulted into the multifamily arena, not giving up single families. I ended up coming back to that in Syracuse actually very recently. But his education and his mentoring is what helped me learn that business and get into my first couple of multifamily deals. What type of law were you practicing? You got a couple of minutes and I'll go through. <laughs> Let's see. I started, like I said, having not the passion for it. I realized that early in, I flipped around. So I think I graduated and I went right into landlord-tenant litigation in New York City. That was oh so much fun. And then I went into medical malpractice defense. Then I was in insurance industry defense. So I was working for insurance companies and defending their clients took a corporate position after that and went into insurance underwriting and I quit. And then that leads me into 2009. Okay. So here's the thing. I mean, my JD, my background, I don't regret doing that. Certainly the skill sets that I've learned uh, having that legal background, absolutely. I apply it every day in my business. I don't do any of my own legal work. I work especially because I'm buying out of state most of the time. So I'm working with other legal teams, but I bring a lot to the table just having that background. So I don't regret it. I'm just glad that I transitioned into something that I really like doing because I just really didn't like practicing law. No and offense to any attorneys it, out there that may be listening. We all like different things, that's for sure. And that was the intent behind my question is to ask you what skills that you were acquiring or honing while you were practicing law do you use now and what do you use them for? All right, just having the legal background contract law, for instance, right? So that's one of the things that I'm doing all the time is reviewing these contract negotiation skills. I litigated in the beginning, so I was a landlord-tenant. I was doing trials, so not afraid to speak in public. I did it in front of a jury, so now I'm having presentations in front of investors. So I'm using that that I learned on the job 
And I think the nature of being an attorney, I'm very detail-oriented, almost to a fault, and that will lead me into something else, some feedback I wanted to talk about, but extremely detail-oriented, cross all the T's, dot all the I's. I'm conservative by nature, which to an extent is a good thing. You need to have an appetite for risk in this business, but you need to balance that with a hearty dose of being conservative so that you can protect your investment and your investors. So I really feel like the nature of being an attorney and the type of personality that does well as an attorney is also good to have in this particular business, that roll up your sleeves, sit at your computer, and just be swimming in paperwork, you're doing these deals for four or five, six hours. Not everybody has the acumen for that. My husband's a fireman, for example. He could never sit at a desk for six hours straight. Couldn't do it, couldn't pay him to do it. I can sit at my desk for 12 hours, not even look at the clock and go, oh my God, it's seven o'clock already. I didn't even realize it. So even that, the stamina of just being that type of person and being able to do that is something that I learned being an attorney sitting at a desk for hours on end. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the last deal that you did. I don't know what it is, but you do. Tell us about it. How about the last deal I want to talk about? No, I want to know the last deal you did. Well, I mean, those are my single families. I would like okay. to talk, if I can, I'd like to talk about the so, multifamily. Well, well, before you dive into the multifamilies, though, your focus is apartments and single families, right? Right. Okay. So are you still flipping houses for your single families? No. I came across this because I very recently partnered with Chris Jackson, who very much was sorry he couldn't be on the call today. Very last minute, he had to hop on a plane and go to a market we're looking at. So... He couldn't be here, but he's someone new that I partnered up with recently, and we formed Sharpline Equity. I met him about a year and a half ago, again, through the Chris Urso Network. So feedback, get out there and network with people of like mind in circles where people are doing things because you can really meet tremendous people who can backfill. One of the things that I found that has been so helpful, I partnered now with Chris. I've done JVs on some of my other businesses is that it was important for me knowing that I couldn't do it all. I mean, you do multifamily acquisitions and you syndicate deals, right, Joe? And you know, there is so much to know. It's one of the reasons I did the education platform in the first place. I didn't take any courses or anything to flip houses, but I knew when I was going to go into multifamily, I need to hear from someone who's been doing this. I think there's things that I need to know before going into this. And it's why I educated myself. And there is just so much that you need to know. But it doesn't have to be intimidating because what I learned very much from the very beginning is I am not good at everything. Who is? Who is good at everything? And so it became very important to me very early on to start networking with people because I knew that there may be a need for me in the future to partner up with people. Like, don't be intimidated by a deal because it's too big or there's too much work to do or you feel that you can't go after it because you're lacking in a particular area. Like, find someone and do a joint venture. Partner up with that person and get the deal done that way. So I JV'd with people in my past, which is actually a good way to kind of test the waters when it comes to like partnerships, if you're ever considering like entering into a legal partnership. So I've done the JV route and it's worked splendidly for me. And then recently I partnered up with Chris Jacks in a legal partnership and we formed Sharpline Equity. We work really well together. He's 
totally the yang to my yin or yin to my yang and very strong in areas where I'm weak. And he brought me back to the single family model, except we're doing single family buy and hold. So he was up in the Syracuse market, having already owned a couple of small multifamily units. And then he got very entrenched in the single family market that's going on there. And we started to do buy and hold. And we bought, I'm going to say we're up to 18 now in the last four months. Okay. You're doing buy and holds. Are you using your own funds for that? or are you? It's a syndicated model. We are lining up homes with specific investors. It's debt investing, that particular model, where we're giving notes to our investors. Oh, okay. Will you, just for any best ever listeners who aren't familiar with how to do that exactly, and then we'll get into the multifamily stuff. Don't worry. But for this single family joint venture with investors, can you explain the business model and how you structure it with your debt investors? So it's a pretty simple model. We basically line up a house with an investor. So we'll ask, okay, the appetite of the investor as to how much they want to invest. And we look for a house that matches that investment dollar within a certain amount of reason, right? We're covering basically with the purchase, the investor is covering the purchase, the closing cost, and the insurance. And we're providing that investor with the first position lien. So they're basically the bank. They're holding the mortgage. We're providing a two-year note, but the business model that they're being advised of is we're going to be doing a refi anywhere between nine and 14 or 15 months. That's kind of the range of where we're looking. So their investor is getting a guaranteed return for that time period, and then we're refining them out, and they're returned their capital, and then they can choose to roll that right back into another single family if they choose, or take their money and go somewhere else. Now, that's for the single family investor. We have an interesting model for investors that want to do that, but they want to invest a larger amount of money. So we have an incentive. Look, if you want to invest a larger amount and not just line yourself up with one house, let's say we have an investor that has enough funds that they can purchase six or seven houses. We have an interesting model there where for that, they're going to get a little bit more. So they're still a debt investor for that nine to 15 month period. They're still getting that two year note. But once we refi them out, and their money is returned to them because of the benefit that we received by not having to go out and find seven investors. We found one investor that bought seven houses. We are providing them the opportunity where they're still in the deal to the extent they're still a debt partner, and this was stuff that we had to work out with our legal team, the language. They're still a debt partner after they're refied out and their capital is returned but they're receiving a percentage of the net cash flow for the life of the hold and a percentage of the sale when they sell the properties. Why not make them a part of the the? Can't make them an equity partner. Can't turn them into equity because when you refi equity partners, they need to go on the mortgage, sign personal guarantees, and we don't want to get our investors involved in that. It's supposed to be a nice, clean, smooth, passive investment for them, and they're not going to want to get involved with that, and we wouldn't want them to. Got it. Okay. Makes sense. For the 9 to 15 month debt investment, what are the rates of return that you quote? 
It's just a straight 10% for that hold period, that 9 to 12 months when we're working to get them refied out, which I think is pretty good based on what everyone's getting in the banks right now. And like I said, for the single family investors who are just doing a house, they get that return. They can roll it back in with us and do another house and do another house after that. You know, it's up to them how many times they want to continue on that ride. But again, the person that's coming up to us and says, you know, I have enough money to do five, six, seven houses. Yep. What can you offer me? Then we offer that kind of different model for them. All right. Let's talk about multifamily deal. What's the last multifamily deal you did? So I did this really amazing deal. And this is where I did a joint venture with someone. So I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. This is the deal. It was a 48 unit in Atlanta, Georgia. And at the time... I landed into contract on that deal, I think, the same exact week that I ended up signing a contract on a 36 unit in Chattanooga. And this was my first attempt at syndication, and I had two separate deals in contract at the very same time. So this is where I'm talking about I want to go back into the whole idea of don't shy away from a challenge because you feel that you yourself alone by yourself can't do it. There's someone out there that can help you. And I met uh, another student in Chris Urso's program, Sonia Rockville of Very Rockville Enterprises, I'll plug her, and she was a great JV partner. She was very interested in the Atlanta market. She knew it very well. She'd been looking for deals in that market. So I offered her the opportunity to join venture with me on that because I was in the middle of doing a capital raise in Chattanooga. So I have two separate deals, two separate performers, presentations, and I knew it was going to be hard for me. I think Together, that was oh, about a $1.5 million raise, the two properties combined. I didn't feel like I can just go out there and be pushing two deals at the very same time to the same audience. I brought her in as a JV partner so she could do the lion's share of the capital raise. This was our appetite are C properties, C properties in C areas, not necessarily major heavy lifts, although I have done that in the past, but more about looking for properties where maybe some rehabs necessary, some operational improvements via new management in place. That's the kind of thing that's kind of the sweet spot that we're looking at in that 40, 50 unit range. That was the Atlanta property. We get it in 2014. Everything's working very smoothly. Certainly there was some operational change were needed, some rehab, some updates. We're really doing exceptionally well in that market and it was because we bought in this very niche area called Clarkston, Georgia. And my management team was very plugged into the demographic in that area and their refugees. That area in Clarkston is a federal designated area when refugees come over. They go through agencies and they are assigned to different areas in the country and Clarkston is one of them. And they're a great renter population. They come from these war-torn backgrounds and having a clean, safe place to live is so important to them and, and so new to many of them. Their first priority before anything else is paying their rent. They're an amazing tenant base. They pay their rent on time. It's great. My management team plugged into that, and we were doing exceptionally well. Now, our model is usually a five- to seven-year hold, very steady returns. Our returns, we don't promise returns in the clouds, but you certainly do much better what you're getting in banks, obviously. I always get a little nervous about talking about returns because I don't want to cross into that public 
offering. As long as you don't have a deal, you're not crossing public offering, right? Okay, so this is an old deal. So I actually just sold it, so then I'll talk about it. So the projection was like five to seven years, you're going to average seven, eight percent a year upon sale. Once you get a piece of that equity, because they're all equity partners in our multifamily deals, you'll average out around 12, 13 percent. I was very proud to offer that deal. We were completely on track and offering it. Didn't plan on selling it, not even testing the market before year five, but we're always networking and always keeping up our relationships with people on the ground in the market. And our broker who sold us the deal in year two said, let's kick the tires and test it. The market is going crazy in Atlanta. Why don't we just check it out? And we did. And the 1031, people out there that are looking to place 1031s, it's a crazy kind of world right now when it comes to that. That's a good option for people. But what it also does sometimes, I think, it compels people or motivates them to get into deals very quickly because they have to. And I don't necessarily know if it, under a 1031 situation if they would necessarily do the deal that they're doing, but for the fact that they need to place their money. So having said that, we get this guy who's a local. He owns 23 properties in the area. He's looking to place 1031 money actually owns a property around the block from our current one and says, you know, I want to do this deal and offers us a price that we just couldn't resist. So to fast forward to get to my point why this is my favorite deal, this was a steady eddy property where my investors were promised steady eddy returns and I was proud to do it. Based on this sale, the sale was consummated two years and four months into the deal. And the return to them, we actually are only cutting the distribution checks this week. The return to them, the estimated returns, because we're holding back for some wind-down costs, are 94% overall. So they averaged out a little bit more than 45% annualized return. Amazing. That is great stuff. That's got to put a big old smile on your face as well as your investors' faces. We got to dig into the details really quick because we're running out of time. We have a lot to go through. So really quick, how much you buy it for, how much did you put into it, and what did you sell it for? One six is what we purchased it for. Two six four oh. So we bought it for one six. We sold it for basically two six. We had a rehab budget of about a hundred thousand that we had very planned rehab over the course of two to three years. We didn't even get a chance to spend it all. So we had about fifty thousand out of a hundred thousand budget left. We did very cosmetic upgrades. We we did the hallways with painting and carpeting. We did new landscaping. We installed cameras on the outside for a more secure property. We had planned to do a little bit more heavy upgrades on the outside of, and the facade of the building. We never got a chance to. We never got to that point. So there wasn't a lot of significant. It was very cosmetic what we did to the building. It was much more of an operational lift. We were 85% economic occupancy, or I think 82 at the time. So the management that was there when we took over wasn't really operating at its optimum. How did you find your management team that you used? Well, one of the things that I learned from Chris Erso's education platform is when you're going into a new market, before you even bid on the deals, like start vetting out management companies. And that's what I did. I mean, it was just a matter of getting online, talking to brokers, having them give me referrals to different management companies. This particular management company owned a property right across the street. So I realized this might be a great fit from the very beginning after vetting them and realized that they were in the market for 30 years. And have a tremendous amount of experience that there was a sharing of resources that could be utilized because they own the property across the street. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Ah, 
Is this the, the fast round questions? <laughs> pressure, the pressure. It's what I've kind of honed in on. I really believe there's a lot to know in this business. Do not be intimidated by that. Network and partner with people who know more than you or who could provide to you the strengths that you're lacking. I believe there's a lot of people that shy away from partnerships or JVing. They think they need to do it all on their own. And I say, you know what? Go out there, partner up with people. Two minds are better than one. You can probably do more and do bigger by your willingness to take that leap with someone else. Ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh, okay. I feel pressure, but yeah, all right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> all right. Well, it's not as nearly the type of pressure you were under when you had the joint venture in Chattanooga and in Atlanta. All right. First quick word from our best ever partners. Empire Industries, a national award-winning company and the fastest growing property management company in Houston, would like to offer you, best ever listener, a 30-day love us or leave us guarantee. Contact Empire Industries at 888-866-6727 for more info. That's 888-866-6727. What's the best ever book you've read? It's a small book. You'll get through it in like two hours. It's called The Go-Giver by Bob Berg. And I have interviewed Bob Berg on this podcast. I interviewed him twice. You can go to episode 104 which is titled, Do This One Thing, Then Watch Your Sales Surge. And, or you can go to episode 516, titled, How to Create a Referral-Based Business. Cool, thank you. What's the best ever personal growth experience? What did you learn from it? Um, I went through a self-development program. It was a nine-month program. I went once a week. It was called Momentum in New York City. And it was powerful in that it focused on the value of giving back, whether it be giving back in a business sense or in your own neighborhood or in your children's school community, the value of giving back, the importance of us all to take that responsibility seriously is by far the most important thing that I've taken away from any personal development experience. Best ever deal you've done. Was it the one you described in Atlanta? Uh, heck yeah. <laughs> okay. Best, what, what's the, that was easy. I want to follow up on the Chattanooga deal in case best ever listeners are curious. I know I am. What happened to that deal? I have it. I went into contract the same week as Atlanta closed a couple of weeks after actually Atlanta. That's a buy and hold five to seven years. So I continue to cash flow that building. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Uh... That personality quirk that I talked about, that's a good thing, which is getting very digging deep into the details and, you know, crossing the T's, dotting the I's. I sometimes can get lost in the trees and can't see the forest. Yep. Duck. Analysis, paralysis, whatever you want to call it, for way too long on deals. Sometimes I get lost and I can't look at that big picture. You have to step back. You have to constantly be aware of analysis, paralysis, because that could just halt your business. It can literally stop you in your tracks. What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? Oh, yeah, definitely check out our website, sharplineequity.com or Krista, K-R-I-S-T-A, at sharplineequity.com. Krista, thanks for being on the show and talking about your background in law, how that's translated into real estate 
the ventures that you're doing right now, the single family business model where you work with investors for debt investors, and then the investors that you have with multifamilies, in particular, the deal you bought in Clarkston, Georgia, bought it for 1.6, put in about 50K. We're going to put in 100, but sold it too quick because the returns were so good. Sold it for $2.6 million and the lessons learned along the way. So thanks again for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me, Joe. Take care. Have a great day. Empire Industries, a national award-winning company and the fastest growing property management company in Houston, would like to offer you, best ever listener, a 30-day love us or leave us guarantee. Contact Empire Industries at 888-866-6727 for more info. That's 888-866-6727.